With a new president in the White House, a new set of priorities and policies are already shaping everything from labor law to the economy. President Biden has also promised to make changes to the federal healthcare marketplace. Now, you might think that the ACA exchanges don't affect employer-sponsored coverage, but I'm here today to explain why that's not the case. In this episode, I'll talk through four ways the new administration could change health coverage and how these updates could impact your own benefits and even how you staff your team. We'll cover a review of four potential changes that could impact the American healthcare industry and how these potential changes could impact employer-sponsored benefits and staffing. Let's get started. The individual mandate was an Affordable Care Act rule that fined people for not purchasing health insurance if they could afford it. The fee, which is officially called a shared responsibility payment, had to be paid when people filed their federal taxes. In 2018, the fee was repealed. This meant that beginning in 2019, people couldn't be fined if they elected not to purchase health care coverage. Some states, like Massachusetts and California, have their own fees for not having coverage. But on a federal level, the penalty is still effectively $0. Just recently, though, NBC News reported that now President Biden's health care plan includes reviving the federal mandate through a combination of executive orders and congressional legislation. His goal is simple. If reviving the individual mandate penalty can encourage more young and healthy people to pay for marketplace insurance, they're helping lower the costs for everyone. The argument is that older and less healthy people could afford better plans under the exchange when more people are paying into the pool. When people enroll in ACA exchange health insurance plans, they can qualify for a tax credit that helps lower their monthly insurance payment, called a premium. Right now, people whose estimated income falls between 100% and 400% of the federal poverty level for their household size qualify for a tax premium credit. In addition to renewing the individual mandate, President Biden's health care plan promises to increase the value of these health premium tax credits. The administration hopes to do this by making two different adjustments. First, by eliminating the 400% income cap on tax credit eligibility. And second, lowering the cost of coverage limit to 8.5% of income, which is a drop of 1.36%. Right now, people can't make more than 400% of the federal poverty line to qualify for the tax credit. If their income is even just $1 higher than that percentage, they have to repay all the excess credit payments. Biden's plan is to remove this cap to make it so that people don't have to stress about these thresholds. In essence, it opens up affordable coverage to more households. Likewise, if the health care plan is passed, people who qualify for a premium tax credit won't be required to pay more than 8.5% of their estimated income when purchasing health care. Once again, the math here is simple. By removing income caps and lowering the max price people are required to pay, the White House is signaling that it wants to help lower healthcare premiums and extend coverage to more households. Another one of the key provisions of Biden's vision is a new public health insurance option. A public health insurance option is a government-run health insurance provider that would operate alongside private health insurance companies. Instead of being covered by Blue Cross, Blue Shield, for example, a person on the public option would be covered by Biden Care, or whatever they decide to call it. Think of it like Medicare, but available to everyone, regardless of age. This two-tier healthcare system can be found in some other countries. Instead of a single-payer model like Medicare for All, where everyone gets their coverage through the government, people have the option to purchase health insurance through the government 
or through private companies. The Biden administration believes a public option would likely reduce costs for patients by negotiating lower hospital and healthcare provider prices. The president's campaign website also promised that the option will be available to Americans whether you're covered through your employer, buying your insurance on your own, or going without coverage altogether. You see a theme tying together all these proposals? The Biden administration hopes to continue building on the ACA by extending healthcare access to even more households. The final key component of Biden's proposed healthcare policy that I'd like to cover today is lowering the Medicare eligibility age from 65 to 60. Most HR professionals are probably familiar with Medicare, but if you need a quick refresher, Medicare is a government-run health insurance program that's available for people who are 65 years or older, certain younger people with disabilities, and people with end-stage renal disease. Most people will pay a standard premium under Medicare Part B, which is a medical insurance. When participating households get services, they pay a deductible at the beginning of each year and typically pay about 20% of the cost of Medicare-approved services after that. This is called coinsurance. But for the most part, Medicare pays for the majority of covered healthcare services and supplies. This new proposal drops the qualifying age from 65 to 60, making it easier for people who turn 60 to retire early if they can afford it or leave their employer-sponsored or ACA exchange plans before they retire. The plan would be voluntary for people between the ages of 60 and 64, and employers would be prohibited from dropping these employees from their plans. But why lower the age? Well, the goal is to give Americans more options. An article in Forbes estimates that approximately 20 million additional Americans would be eligible for Medicare. It's a popular bipartisan issue that some experts hope would lower the per capita Medicare costs, thanks to younger people in the program's risk pool. Likewise, some expect that if people between the ages of 60 and 64 enroll in Medicare over an ACA exchange plan, the costs of marketplace coverage would go down, making it more affordable for younger adults. As President Biden would say, here's the deal. We don't know if all or any of these proposals will pass. And even if they do pass, there's no telling if they'll look exactly the same as they do now. But we can learn from these four possible changes because each could possibly have an impact on how you manage your benefits and your team. Let's talk through a few potential ways these policies could affect your organization. People may join your plan. If the individual mandate is revived, suddenly people who had decided to opt out of traditional health insurance have a new decision to make. They can continue without insurance and take a fine, elect employer-sponsored health coverage, or sign up for an ACA exchange plan. If employees go with option two, electing employer-sponsored health coverage, you can see more employees sign up for your plan. If you're fully insured, this will likely mean higher costs for your company. If you're self-insured and the new people who sign up have few expenses, this could end up being cost-neutral or even better for your plan. Also, people may leave your plan. Expanding access to healthcare could give your employees greater incentives to leave the organization's health plan. This might happen for a number of reasons. First, if you have older staff, particularly people over the age of 60, these employees could very well opt out of the health benefit if they're eligible to enroll in Medicare. Second, if a public option is passed, employees under the age of 60 may opt out of the employer-sponsored health benefit as well if it's less expensive than your group plan. 
Or maybe they'll sign up their family members for it instead of having them on your plan. Finally, you could have employees who decide to retire early. A lot of Americans hold off on retirement until they're eligible for Medicare. If Medicare eligibility is lowered, we can expect more people to retire when they have access to those benefits. In each circumstance, employers can be left with lower participation on their health plan. And the results of that may be mixed. Premiums could go down if older participating employees leave your plan. But a steep drop in plan participation rates could raise prices. Or your group could fall below your carrier's minimum participation requirements. You could also find that employees who don't participate in your health plan are more likely to participate in your other benefit offerings like dental insurance, disability, or identity theft. Some smaller employers may have to drop their plan altogether. In some cases, employers with low participation rates may have to drop their healthcare plans entirely. The ACA says that smaller employers with fewer than 50 full-time equivalent employees aren't required to offer health insurance. This could be good or bad. On the one hand, your organization could stand to save a lot of money if you aren't required to offer health insurance. You can use these savings to build better voluntary benefits. However, good health insurance is highly coveted by employees. Aside from pay, healthcare is probably the most important benefit offered by employers. Without a health plan, you may find it more difficult to recruit the best of the best. And hey, never forget, your benefits package is a bargaining chip that helps you compete against other organizations when recruiting top talent. Don't take your benefits lightly. Look for ways to add value whenever you can. We just recorded and posted a video talking about four fast-growing benefits HR should consider in 2021. Check that out. There's a link in the episode description. And talk to your benefits broker to adjust your offerings where appropriate. And hey, we also recommend signing up for the Bernie U course on benefits administration and open enrollment. It's a great introduction. It's eligible for continuing education credits, and it can help you rethink your approach to building better benefits. And you can find a link to that in the episode description as well. The more strategic you are about your benefits, the better chance you have to capitalize on these potential changes from this new administration. And like I always say, remember that your job is as strategic as you make it.